The biggest consumer electronics gathering in the world is on the horizon again. Welcome back to Textination. I'm Fred Fishkin. And we, of course, are talking about CES. And the 2024 edition opens in Las Vegas on January 9th. With us from the Consumer Technology Association is Director of Thematic Programs and Futurist Brian Comiskey. Hi, Brian. Great to see you again. Great to see you again, too, Fred. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. And so let's talk about CES coming up now. Uh, what are some of the themes that we'll see emerging this year or next yeah, year? <laughs> yeah, of course, right? It's, it's always funny to say next year because in my mind, it's always this year. Um, in many ways, CES, I think, is a bigger tent than ever, I think, is the is the real side of it. And that's you can see that through our keynote uh, exhibitor uh, speaker. So we're going to have L'Oreal, our first beauty tech. Keynote, uh, keynoter. We're going to have Walmart, Siemens, Elevance, HD, Hyundai, NASDAQ, Qualcomm, Best Buy, Intel, Snap. So many different companies representing the consumer, the enterprise, the retail, and the markets even, and really showcasing that there's the entire innovation lifecycle comes to CES. That's really kind of the headline in my mind. But when I think about the technology trends, three are going to be pretty critical to watch across the entire show floor. That's artificial intelligence, sustainability, and accessible and inclusive design is the third. And these are technology innovations that really what they do is they cut across every industry or vertical, as it were, um, whether that be gaming, content, entertainment, mobility, digital health, they're horizontal. So they really are very global trends. Of course, the big headlines have been captured uh, this year by by AI, it seems to be everywhere sometimes it's claimed in places where it's not but but uh, there is a lot going on in the field of artificial intelligence and uh, what are some of the highlights that we're going to be seeing at the show when it comes to ai of course and so and i'm glad you mentioned that it really has been like i i've been you know my french only is limited to topic du jour but it's been more than topic of the day right it's been really talk all year with the advancements of chat gbt and other generative ai tools Rightfully, that makes it tangible to consumers, but generative AI is only really a sliver of what's a much larger um, and richer ecosystem around artificial intelligence. And at CES 2024, you're going to see the whole AI ecosystem. So you'll have those chip makers, right, creating the brains of AI. So you'll have AMD and NXP showcasing the latest in terms of uh, silicon and sensor technology at the chip level. You'll have some data infrastructure tools. And when you combine those together, that's where you unleash this wave of innovation that cuts into things like platforms. So think chatbots. Uh, Mom.ai will be bringing a digital human avatar. That is a chatbot feature that can interact organically using some of those large language models and generative AI to be more creative in terms of helping individuals. Digital Twins Technologies, another AI application that will be on the show floor, and Siemens is going to showcase their industrial metaverse, which is their partnership with NVIDIA to make sure that you have a virtual environment, uh, recreation of a physical environment that unlocks limitless research and development at a fraction of the cost. Then finally, robotics is a major part of that ecosystem. So we're going to see robotic exoskeletons. We're going to see robotic baristas, but that's the consumer side. Even on the enterprise side, we're going to see autonomous mobile robots for warehouses and factories to help with supply chain and logistics solutions. Um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. We'll see more, I'm sure, from Kubota, a new exhibitor, Samsung, Alibaba, Amazon. 
everyone's going to be bringing a lot of artificial intelligence to the forefront in a variety of ways. You know, it's interesting. You're mentioning some of the biggest names in the world, international corporations and such. But a lot of the excitement and the the real interest is developed by these little startups that, that come to the show and, and uh, show the world what they're doing, right? Exactly. Uh, so right now we're on pace for 3,500 exhibitors in total. Uh, that's what we're looking at. And we're excited to see what the numbers are like after we do our audit after the show. But a thousand plus of those companies are startups and they're going to be within the Eureka Park section. So if you're unfamiliar with CES, we take over the Las Vegas Convention Center and there's a variety of uh, exhibits and, and on small and large scale. We also have our C-Space and Aria and, and Aria as well as the Cosmo for the first time. But at the Venetian in their Venetian Expo space is Eureka Park. It's a collection of startups as well as country pavilions where countries from across the world bring their their latest in advancement. And AI is going to have a major part here. I know, for example, there's going to be an AI solution that looks at electronic medical records to predict the likelihood of infection after surgery to reduce the window. Because right now, usually you don't find out about infection until five days after surgery. There's a company in Eureka Park reducing that to a two to three, three day window instead using AI to look at your own records. So you're going to see these innovations really at this core, right? All innovation starts with an idea and that kind of spark. Eureka Park is where that happens. It's where that spark comes alive. Really interesting. And age tech is becoming more and more prominent, it seems, every year at CES. Certainly. And we're going to see more of that with our uh, AARP is going to come back with their age tech collaboration on the show floor over the Venetian really talking about, right? This goes back to what I said is a major um, focus on design, on accessible and inclusive design, how companies are making their products not only work for everyone, whether they're aging or are younger, but also if they have, I mean, a lot of people as they're growing older, especially in the United States, are dealing with medical conditions and managing over the long term. So really thinking about all the users that might use their space, like Garmin is a really good example. Like you start with a Fitbit, right? Or like any sort of wearable. It used to be heart rate step tracker. We're now at a point where you have mindfulness, you have uh, blood uh, oxygen monitoring. Well, now Garmin's adding a wheelchair mode for people to include accessibility to track their activity if they're in a wheelchair, which was something that you couldn't find a few years ago. So you think about what that means for um, uh, folks with limited mobility, whether they're aging or have a medical condition, you're seeing this focus now really on accessible and inclusive design because it's the right thing to do and there's markets for it too. So that's really um, an exciting place. And I'm really um, looking forward to seeing what that looks like on the show floor in person. And so much innovation that helps people age in place. Mm -hmm. Certainly. And that's where, again, that AARP collaborative, you're going to see a variety of different startups on the show floor helping with technology that allows for limited mobility around the house, around making tech just easier to use, right? That's helping for folks aging in place, but just for anyone, right? I think we all want our hardware and our software to be communicating more seamlessly to make it easier for us. Right. Speaking of mobility, autonomous mobility seems to be maybe more down to earth, the less pie in the sky these days uh, with the GM cruise mishap and the layoffs there. Uh, but still, a lot of innovation taking place. 
Of course. And what a lot of people might not realize, again, if you're not familiar with CES is we're one of the lar- largest auto shows in the world. And, and beyond that, it's a mobility show because it's not just cars. We're going to have advancements in boating and flying vehicles, electric vertical takeoff and landing, right? The flying cars, very Jetson-esque concept of looking to the future. But when we think about self-driving, there's going to be a variety of LiDAR and sensor solutions. Mobileye and Ava will be there showcasing the latest advancements in really how the car understands its space and gets us closer to that future of autonomy, right? When you think about innovation, I always say think about innovation in two ways. There's revolutionary, which are those breakthroughs that might take a decade out from now that or they happen overnight that are sensational. But then a lot of technology innovation and equally important to the revolutionary side is the evolutionary side, those iterative steps that improve a technology category. And autonomous vehicles, right, is both revolutionary in that pie in the sky future where we're, you know, we're no longer, we can trust our vehicles to move on their own. But that is a space that really relies on that evolutionary step-by-step iterative process to improve, not just for consumers, but also the enterprise. There's a lot of uh, utility um, in autonomous design for logistics, whether that be localized to a warehouse facility, but also for long-range trucking as well. And not to mention agriculture. I know John Deere has been there before showing what it can do. And it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, they showcased a self-driving tractor last year and I'm excited to see what they're going to bring this year onto the show floor. Um, Cause they have the autonomous Kubota, who is a new exhibitor for the first time will be in central Plaza, the convention center. I'm very excited to see what they might bring. Cause they've also been working on autonomous tractor and heavy machinery focus. There's actually, there's really a, a fascinating heavy sort of machinery sub story in the mobility space between Deere and Kubota this year, where it really is like, again, I, I, I hesitate to say auto show now because it really is a mobility show. It's about everything that gets us from A to B and in between. Speaking of that, uh, electric vehicles, I mean, some of the expectations maybe have been tempered a bit about consumer acceptance, but the advancements continue. The advances continue. And I mean, When you think about the innovation that takes place to make those vehicles, it's a story around not just getting these vehicles out, but there's that sustainability story of once they're in operation, they're reducing emissions compared to an internal combustion engine. But the story is also larger, again, than than just the automotive. I mean, I'm excited because Honda will be unveiling their EV series at CES, so I'm excited to see what that looks like. But we're going to see more from electric boating from Brunswick. And then you'll have uh, a new exhibitor like Supernal, which is the air mo- advanced air mobility subsidiary of Hyundai, showcasing an ver- electric vertical takeoff landing for essentially air taxi, right? So it's across the board. And I'd actually, I don't want to, I make sure I don't want to forget this, but Kia and Hyundai are both going to be on the show floor together for the first time. Usually they switch um, each year of who goes. This year will be both showcasing their focus on electric vehicle development and Mercedes will be there too. So we really are going to see a lot in terms of the advancements of the electric car, but also the electric boat and the electric flying car. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Eventually, I guess we're going to be giving people rides at CES in, in those uh, flying vehicles. I hope. I mean, it would be a great way to go from the Venetian to the convention center, right? I mean, we have really good shuttle express right now on bus, but yeah, can you imagine just, popping up to the roof of the convention center and you zipping over to a, a emission-free uh, flying vehicle, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. So what else do you see attracting a, a lot of buzz? 
know there's yeah, a lot of stuff to choose from. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, it's like picking like between like, well, I don't have children. So for us, we have four cats. So it's like picking between cats uh, for us. Can't do it, but we'll we'll do my best, which is I'm really excited to see, um, as I said, we really have everything on the show for two pop in my mind, which is I think food tech is getting expanded presence. We are really a farm to table innovation show where we've talked about deer and Kubota on the ag- agricultural side, but now we're really going to see um, robotic ca- uh, counter uh, kitchen, uh, robotic countertop devices. We're going to see novel ways of cooking in a sustainable fashion that also tastes good. Noom will be a first time exhibitor uh, talking about kind of how you manage not just the food side, but how you approach food as a consumer, right? So it's really the psychology on side of it. So that's one area. The other is gaming. And I'm really looking forward to this though. In Central Hall, we'll have our gaming and metaverse section. You'll see Bandai Namco Amusement will be there. You'll see some of the haptic controllers for metaverse gaming. Netflix will be in the gaming space. I'm excited to see what they're going to bring. But we, for the first time, will have a full day of conference sessions around gaming, bringing some of the leading developers and publishers like Bandai Namco, Activision, CD Projekt, and Ubisoft. So we really are building in this, as I said, it's a big tent show, and we're finding ways to expand the verticals and these tents in so many ways. So those are two areas that but I'm just so excited to see more of because I like to eat and I like to game, to be honest. So uh, it's easy to go with those. <laughs> Who doesn't? So, I mean, what about robotics? I mean, we've seen, I gosh, I can recall, I don't know how many years ago, Honda's Asimo robot walking on stage and drawing some oohs and ahs. And the, the promise has been there for a long time. I mean, Tesla is making advancements, certainly, and and many others, too. What do you think we're going to see this year? Yeah, so we're going to see a range of those consumer to enterprise applications of robotics. So um, we're going to see, like, on the consumer side, I know that there's going to be, like, I think a robotic barista that can crack some jokes um, while ma- serving up food and, and making your drinks. There's going to be the kind of the consumer wearable exoskeletons that help make moving a little bit more efficient. And then, as I mentioned earlier, there's going to be those enterprise applications of robots, right? What's working in a, in a warehouse and a logistics vehicle the, uh, or in logistics, like kind of automation for supply chain. What we're going to see at this show is, again, the kind of this evolutionary concept of how are robots filtering through industrial, commercial uh, enterprise and consumer application areas and getting more seamless. Let's go to, as I said, we talked about at the top, right? It's very circular. Um, it is a great from a narrative perspective. AI, when you think about it, right? Generative AI, we talked about what's so amazing about it is it creates creativity and responses from your automation. Let's go to a Roomba as an example, right? Roomba, input, output. I put in that I want it to vacuum up this part of the floor. But what if it hits a sock? right? What does it do then? Well, then we learned and we hard-coded an input saying avoid socks. The output does, right? That's evolutionary. What's revolutionary about generative AI and the large language models that you can build into robotics now is the robot can learn to adapt rather than having to push through a new coded update immediately. Instead of it being input, output, A to B, it's A and then B through Z, theoretically, in terms of how it can respond. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing from robotics this year, What, what, regardless of application. It really is, well, how are they pushing forward and being more novel in their responses? 
Terrific. And one of these days, it's going to know whose sock it is and go put it back in the drawer for you. That's <laughs> Oh, my God. Fred, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> so for more info, where do we go? Uh, for more info around Consumer Technology Association, the owner and producer of CES, go to cta.tech. And for more information about CES and to learn more about the schedule, how to register, and our exhibitors, go to ces.tech. Really exciting. Brian Kamiski, thank you so much for spending time with us and have a great holiday. Thank you so much, Fred, and you as well. <laughs>